What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. I want you to know, my hopes in the family, that we are in a war. The worst thing that can happen to us is to be in a war and we are unaware of it. The worst thing to be is in a war and you are unarmed, you are passive, you are careless or fightless. It's the worst thing that can happen when you're at war to be unaware, unarmed, passive, careless, and fightless. The thing about this war is that this war is not seen. It doesn't begin in the physical realm, in the natural realm, and with our eyes and the things that we can see. Although this war does manifest and eventually does come to pass in our physical world, the implications of it eventually come into our, phys in, into our physical world. But the reality is that, that it begins in an invisible world and that is called the spirit realm or the spiritual realm. There is a dimension that I don't know if you're aware of, but it is as real as the natural is. As true as, as you are looking at me, as I can hold this microphone, as I can step on these steps, as I can, as I can feel the stage that I'm on, as real and as true as this is, I want to let you know today that the spirit world, the invisible world is as real as that. In fact, I want to tell you that everything begins in the spirit world. In fact, I want to let you know that everything that we experience in the, in the physical, earthly realm is a manifestation, a consequence, or an implication of what's already taken place in the spiritual realm. Because we are not physical beings first, we are spirit beings first. We are not bodies that just simply house a spirit. But I want to let you know that there is precedent in the scripture from Genesis to Revelation that lets us know that we are first spirit and we house a body. Meaning as in we are spirit and our spirit when we come to Christ, that is the things that, that, that gets filled and gets connected to God. Our spirit is God conscious. Our body is earthly conscious. It's, it's what desires to eat, is what desires pleasure, is what desires to rest. This is the, the physical body. But we have our spirit that is God conscious while our flesh, our body is earth conscious. And then we have our soul that it is our mind, will, intellect, and emotion. This is very important as I lay a foundation because I want to let you know know that you are not just just a person and you happen to live in a body and just happen to have some emotions no you are made of, of, of all these different elements and entities you have a spirit you live in a body and you also have a soul the soul is made of the mind will intellect and emotion of a person this is very important and so we are in a war and if we're not careful we can be in this war and we can come to Christ and our spirit be regenerated and be renewed, but still have chains in our mind, chains in our body, chains in our emotions. I wanna let you know that the consequences if we don't fight against this battle, that, 
that, that we can face potentially emotional and mental breakdowns. We can potentially go through chronic sickness. We can potentially go through repeated miscarriages, marital and family problems. We can go through chronic financial problems. We can go through, we can be accident prone and we can be, we can experience premature death and unnatural causes in our families. We can go through addiction, poverty. We can battle with pride, with anger, with anxiety, with depression, and all types of sicknesses if we're not careful to be aware of this battle that we're in. We have an enemy that we're at war with. We have an enemy that we are at war with, and that enemy goes by the name of Satan, the devil. And he has a demonic kingdom, and his intention, his mission, hear me, his mission and intention is found in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible says that the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But the mission of the enemy is clear. The mission of Satan and his demonic kingdom and his plot is, is, is true, is active, and it is ongoing. And it is this, it's to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And the way that he carries out his plans, his mechanisms is through, here it is, and I want you to write this down and I'll be sharing more on these things if you're taking notes, but I want you to write these four D's down. He, he, he intends to, to uh, carry out his plots of killing, stealing, and destroying through, here's the first one, deception. He would do everything to deceive you, that you are not loved, that the Bible is foolishness, that you are not valuable, that what they talk about in church is craziness, it's not true. See, deception. He works with deception. You are not called. God will never use you. See, all of these things, he will use this plot and mechanism to deceive you. The word of God is not true. There are holes, there are contradictions. See, all these things, deception. He works through division. He will try to separate you from your spouse. He will try to cause division in your family. He will try to cause division in the church. That's why when you start beefing with a brother or sister, you better nip it in the butt because it's the enemy at work trying to divide the church. He works through division. He works, watch this, here it is, write it down, through discouragement. Oh, if he can discourage you and tell you, you made it this far, but you're not gonna make it any further. You will never be able to reach the promises of God. Look at the mistakes that you have made. He uses condemnation to discourage you. When the Bible says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Bible declares that we are more than conquerors. The Bible declares that he is faithful and righteous to forgive. The Bible declares these things, but he tries to discourage you through condemnation. So there is, running back, Deception, division, discouragement. What's the fourth D? Ah, distraction. Distraction. Oh, if he can distract you, let me use social media so I can distract you. You told yourself when you woke up in the morning, I'm gonna pray today, but as soon as you're talking about you wanna pray, oh, the distraction is gonna come, baby. 
all of a sudden the movie or the show you've been waiting on the day that you said I'm gonna pray that it just drop on Netflix it just go all of a sudden as soon as you want to go and pray then everybody starts calling you and texting you you ever notice that you can watch a movie or party all night and not feel sleepy at all but as soon as you start kneeling down or going in your secret room to pray as soon as you close your eyes or kneel down all of a sudden you just y'all not gonna keep it real with me it's all right, just smile. I know this may not be for you, but I got an online church that I know I'm speaking to right now. I'm talking about, I'm talking about you can sit through, you can sit through hours of watching a concert or being at a game. I'm talking about you can sit through everything. I'm talking about you can be in line for hours for sneakers and not get tired. You can be in line awaiting what you've been waiting for or sit in a restaurant for three hours with no complaining. But, but, but when it comes to sitting through a message of half an hour I'm coming for you in the name of Jesus because you're gonna get set free anybody know what I'm talking about you, you ever experienced that can we just keep it real because I know I've experienced it myself I'm like daggone it when it comes to everything else I can sit through it I'm not tired I'm awake I'm fully alert but as soon as it comes to the spiritual thing I get distracted I get deterred I lose my focus where is that coming from the enemy does not want you to focus he wants you to be unstable because the Bible declares that a person that is, that is ambivalent, that is indecisive, is unstable in all of their ways. If he, can, if he can distract you, he would divide your focus. And there is nothing more powerful, more powerful weapon that the enemy can use than distraction. So just look at beside the person beside you and tell them, don't distract me now. Don't distract me. Look at the person beside you. Don't distract me. Don't be my distraction. Don't let the enemy use you. Distraction. So running back to me, deception, division, discouragement, and distraction. So he uses his plans. He uses these mechanisms. Where does the origin of this war begin? Now, let me give you some biblical context now. The origin of this fight, the origin of this war begins even before the foundations of the earth. There was one of God's created angels that the Bible declares was an anointed guardian cherub, was an angel with a high position in heaven. In fact, was next to Michael, the archangel, was in high position. The Bible says had all beauty and splendor. We see this in the book of Ezekiel chapter 28 and we see it in the book of Isaiah chapter 14. If you read these passages, the prophets are there in, are speaking there prophetically and they saw in the past what took place and where our enemy was created. And in the book of Ezekiel chapter 28 and in Isaiah chapter 14, it gives us a clear picture of Lucifer. The Bible calls him Lucifer the morning star who was anointed for worship. That's why he would do everything to stop your worship. That's a message for a whole another day because he was in charge of worship. That's why he would tell you, don't sing the songs, don't lift your hands, don't praise, you're not worthy enough. Look what you did last night because he would do everything to stop your worship, but that's a message for a whole another day. 
So he was anointed, had splendor. The Bible says he had gems. The Bible declares that was high ranking. He was blameless. He was perfect, even the Bible says, until sin entered his heart. He went from being blameless, perfect, anointed, a high position in heaven, having the name of Lucifer, which is morning star, to then, the Bible says, that pride, because of his beauty, because of his splendor, that pride began to take a hold of his heart. And in Isaiah chapter 14, beginning in verse 12, the Bible says that Lucifer in heaven began to exalt himself and say, I will make myself a throne. That's why you got to be careful, prideful people, with your ego. The book of Proverbs says that pride comes before destruction. I know you feel like you got it all together. You know it all. Nobody can tell you nothing. Nobody better preach to me. I, I, I got to listen. Watch out for the pride there because you know who your father is. The Bible declares that he is the father of lies, the father of pride, and the father of destruction. So here it is. Pride began to enter his heart. He said, I will exalt myself. I will make myself a throne. And here it is. He said, I will make myself like the most high. This is what he began to say. But almighty God in heaven, he said, listen, booger, I created you. Nobody like me. There ain't going to be nobody beside me. I'm God before the foundations of the earth, the beginning and the end, Alpha and Omega. And unless I place you up here, don't try to place yourself. Unless I'm the one that ordains you and establishes you, you're not going to take my position. See, he wanted his position. But God said, because of that, I will strike you down. And he expelled them from his position. He struck him down from heaven. And so now he went from being a high-ranking angel in heaven, from having authority in heaven, from having the name Lucifer, morning star, to now he is Satan, which means adversary and accuser. Now, I'm laying a theological foundation. Now what begins to happen? God said, I need to make my creation. So God in the book of Genesis, you see the, the creation there taking place, chapters 1 through 3, he begins to say, let, he said, let there be light. And whew, there was light. He's, he, that's, a, that's a good God that we serve. He's mighty and powerful. He said, with his, the Bible says with his word, he said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be firmament in the skies. Let there be clouds. Let there be. And he began to create the earth. And he said, I'm, lo I'm loving the vegetation. I'm loving, I'm loving the birds in the sky. I'm loving the fish in the sea. But I'm missing something that I need um, there's something that I need from my creation and the Bible says that he waited for the last day he left the best for last and the Bible says that he he had the idea and he says let us and I need you to catch this because this is the connection to where our fight and our battle comes from so don't let this listen I'm getting ready to throw it at you are you getting ready to catch it are you getting ready to catch it all right, here it is. He says, I need to make man. In other words, humanity, man and woman. I need to create humanity. But the Bible declares that he did not use his words. He could have done it. He could have spoken humanity into existence. But the Bible says that with his own hand, he beautifully crafted 
from the dust of the earth he formed man the first man he created man but here it is he said in heaven let us make man humanity in our image and our likeness you didn't catch it Lucifer said I will exalt myself I will make myself like the Most High and God said that ain't your position I'm gonna make my creation and I will make them in my image and my likeness that's an amazing God that we serve. In other words, you are the most prized possession in God's eyes. You are more valuable than angels. You are more valuable than animals. You are more valuable than the skies. You are more valuable than the water in the sea. When he looks at you, he says, I love you with an everlasting love, with your jacked up self, in your brokenness, in your sin. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. I have made you wonderfully and beautifully you are my creation and I made you in my image and in my likeness so why does the devil hate you so much because you took his place He said, I will exalt myself. I will make myself a throne. I will make myself like the most high. He was fighting and he was trying to manipulate his position. And the thing that he was fighting for, God said, I'm going to just give it to this booger. He said, he'll give it to you and I. So that is where the battle began. That is where the war began. What began to happen? He was struck down from heaven, and so now he was free to roam the earth. And the Bible declares that you better be vigilant and sober, for the enemy is looking like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. So here he was in the beginning of creation in the Garden of Eden. You can read this in Genesis chapter 3, that the enemy appeared in a form of a serpent. And what did he do? He deceived, discouraged divided and distracted temptation did God say really they had been given a command because God created man to be free moral agents not to be glorified robots he gave man uh, the ability to be free moral agents that's why the Bible says in Joshua choose you today that's why the Bible declares that he has given us the will and so and so he created us to be free moral agents so here was Adam and Eve in the in the beginning of creation and the enemy appears because this is I'm gonna I'm gonna teach on this later on see he could not appear as a spirit because spirits need a body to operate on the earth this is I'm gonna teach on this a little later but but he could not appear as a spirit he could not appear in the invisible so he needed to take a form of a body and so he took on form of a serpent and the serpent came and began to deceive began to divide began to discourage and began to create destruction from the beginning he had already created the original sin which was pride and so now he said that's God's pride possession those are the ones that are made in God's image I'm gonna do everything to take them out to tempt them to pull them out of God's plan and so man gave in to the temptation and from the beginning we have been born into sin because of the original sin that entered in the beginning of creation that is why 
we are in this fight. Some of you are saying, why me? Why, do, why is my family going through this? Why do I feel like I, I'm constantly getting attacked? It's because, the, can I tell you, the enemy hates you? you? Can I tell you why he hates you? Because God loves you so much. So he wants to do everything and anything to take you out of the plans of God. He will, he will cause your family to divide if you allow him to. He will cause you to fall into temptation to never get up if you allow him to because there's nothing more that he desires than to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And that is why people of God, Hope Center family, we've got to stand firm. Being aware of these things, we got to stand firm. Let's look at the scripture. Now, I want us to read Ephesians chapter 6. Am I helping somebody in this place? Hallelujah. Now, I want you to read it for yourself. If you got it there, now if you don't, you can read it on the screen. But if you got it, I want you to read these words for yourself. So I want you to look at your screen or at your Bible. And I want you to read these verses together. Here it is. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was speaking to the Ephesian church. He's write this letter down, and he leaves this most profound chapter, chapter 6, at the last chapter of that letter, the last part of that book. And this is what he writes to that church, and this is what God says to us in this season. Finally, Hope Center, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Hope Center, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. What are his schemes? I taught you the four D's. Those are his schemes. For our struggle, here it is, is not against flesh and blood. I want to pause there. Your battle is not with your coworker. The battle is who is operating through your coworker. The battle is not in your husband or your wife. The battle is who is trying to divide my marriage. The battle is not in, in, in my children. Who is operating behind this? Because I told you, and we see it in scripture, we see that precedent that the, what takes place in the spirit realm then begins to manifest in the physical realm. Who is behind? See, you're trying to fight this battle within your own strength. You're trying to fight demons with your own physical strength. You're trying to fight with your ability. You're trying to fight believing because you have some experience or you have a degree or you have some knowledge, but not realizing that you cannot fight this war in your flesh. This has to be by the Spirit. Not by, the Bible says not by power, nor by might, but by the Spirit. So when, so when things start popping off in your home, when things start happening in your business, when all of a sudden they diagnose you with a sickness that you did not know it came from, all of a sudden you get urges to smoke. All of a sudden you get urges to drink or have desires for somebody that you're not married to. Or, you have, or you're looking at somebody a little long. Or you're starting to feel yourself. That, that social media and you're looking at things you should not be watching. Listening to things that now have a hold of your heart. And now you are going places that you know you should not be in. Hanging with people that you know will corrupt your moral integrity. 
And you begin to say, why am I stuck? Why am I in bondage? Why am I acting these things out? There is something inside of me telling me that I should not live this way, that I should not talk this way, that I should not conduct myself in this way. What is behind this? Your battle is not against flesh and blood. Here it is. Well, our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against rulers. Read it again. Keep reading there where you had it. Against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Meaning that even in heaven, there are ranks. If you are being attacked, I want to let you know it most likely is not the devil himself. Because sometimes we rebuke the devil. Devil, get out of my home. Devil, get out of my family. Devil. And it's not the devil. It's actually his, his demonic forces. And they operate in different ranks and in different levels. But I'll be teaching on that later. Don't worry about it. But here Paul is giving us an illustration there about the different ranks. He says, here it is. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to what? You may be able to what? Stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So God has given us the armor through his son Jesus. Remember back in Genesis where I was explaining to you that the first man was deceived and, and according to Romans, the Bible says that sin entered through the first man, Adam. But thank God for the second Adam, that is Jesus. They were deceived, they were discouraged, they were divided from God's plan. But we serve such a good God that he, he did not leave them in that condition. Thank God that he did not leave us in our condition. Thank God that he did not leave us in our brokenness, separated from him by sin, destruction, hell and the grave. But he said, I will send the second Adam. I will send my son Jesus. The Bible declares that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible told the serpent that deceived the first man something interesting. He said, you have bruised the heel of my first creation, but I'm bringing the second Adam that will crush your head. So when Jesus came, he came to change the game. Because before him, there was no ability to be set free from oppression, depression, suppression, and possession of the enemy. But when he showed up on the scene, he said, for the Lord God has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, 
to deliver the captives and set them free. I have come that my children may have life and have life in abundance. I have come so that Hope Center will not be lived in the chains they had, in the addictions that they had, in the, in the brokenness that they were living in, in the poverty that they were in, in the brokenness, sadness, and misery that they were in. I have come so that my people will walk in freedom. And the Bible declares, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. I want uh, I gotta move on but I just feel like rejoicing right now thank you Jesus that you have given us victory and you promised to set us free you came to this earth I want to give you this one last revelation so that so that you're able to catch it before we leave spirits are not able to operate unless they have a body so in the same way that the serpent, you had to use a body, in the same way that the enemy uses people, circumstances, and situations, because it was a legal protocol, if you will, on the earth. Where does that come from? In Genesis, God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And he says, let us give him dominion, be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion on the earth. So man was created to have dominion on the earth. Legally, man has full authority on the earth, even over spirits. That's why you got to understand your authority. So when any little evil spirit tries to bother you, mess with you at night in your sleep, try to disturb you, make you feel like you can't breathe, you're feeling a presence up in your room, you better take your position in the name of Jesus and you say, I have been given authority, power, and dominion through God. Here it is. So man had authority. The enemy stole that authority. Jesus came back on earth to give that authority. But he cannot do it. God could not do it unless he operated through a body. So God said, I have to take on flesh. I have to become a man so that legally I can operate not only as a spirit but as a physical being on the earth to show a physical manifestation of love and of freedom. So when he came to this earth, it was beyond what you can imagine. It was more than just coming to this earth, show some love, heal some people, deliver some captives, restore some people. What he, what he came to do in being the ultimate sacrifice and giving his life, something interesting happened. He said, when I die, I am dying for my children. I am becoming a sacrifice so the wrath hell in the grave that was meant for them I must stand in their place so that instead of having hell death in the grave as their portion and as what they deserve he says I will give them life in abundance and authority and when he resurrected from the dead he said death where is your sting he spoke to the tomb the grave he said where is your victory you could not, not hold back the king of glory. And then he looked at his disciples there in the first century church. And he said, all power. Huh. He says, I now give unto you. And then we have in the book of Acts that the disciples were praying and awaiting the Holy Spirit. Because before they were oppressed, suppressed, and possessed of the enemy. But now he says, I want to give you a different spirit. 
I will give you the promise of the Holy Spirit. So that, whereas before you used to carry out the plots and the plans of the enemy, some of us have been in this place, we used to be used of the enemy, myself included. But then he regenerated us and gave us his Holy Spirit for what? So that his plan, his will could be manifested on the earth. So that his kingdom could be advanced. So that we can walk in freedom. So that we can live and see the glory of God in our lives. He did not save you for you to live bound. He did not save you, die for you, resurrect from you from the dead and declare to be King of kings and Lord of lords for you to stay in the same place that you've been. Thank God that you came how you came. But I also thank God that he doesn't leave you how you came. That's why we always say in this church, come as you are because thank God you came up in here in this place just as you are. But thank God that he doesn't leave you as you are. This is our season of freedom. This is our season of breakthrough. I speak that and I release that now, God, over this house. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience. But let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained only experience and so i encourage you to come out on a sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community you can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org also make sure to follow us we're on instagram facebook and twitter our handle is at myhopecenter i also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content make sure to share it with your friends and your family there's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages so make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the hope huddle podcast so again i hope to see you soon until then peace love and god bless